Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Lieboff. Joining me, as always, is my co-host and friend, Nick Martin. Nick, we always start with our favorite underdogs for the upcoming slate that we're previewing. This will be for Tuesday, March 28th. We are firmly in the business end of the regular season, which I believe ends April 13th. Uh, I'll let you go first. I, mine, yours is a, a player prop that should be plus money. Uh, and then I have a an underdog I like in, in one of the bigger games on the night. So I'll I'll let you set the table here. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Leon Dreisaitl to record over three and a half shots versus Vegas. I think it's a really good play because of what this game is likely to mean to Edmonton. Um, kind of regardless, like if they win tonight in Arizona... Uh, then maybe they talk themselves into thinking they can move up a little bit in the in the Pacific race. If they lose tonight in Arizona, then they're like flirting with a horrific playoff miss. I don't think it would ever come to that, but it's still a big enough game that I think we can count on Drysaddle and the big guns playing some some big minutes. Uh, he had six attempts and four shots versus Vegas on Saturday, and I think that's the kind of performance we're going to see in this one. He's plussed up priced at plus 106 to record four shots versus Arizona tonight. So I would say we can safely say that number probably is going to be around plus 120 tomorrow. And I think it's just a great bet. So Vegas right now is allowing so many chances against. They're in the very, very bottom of the league for what's almost been a month in chances against, which they keep finding ways. But I think this is where people keep being surprised by the numbers on night's games. So Maybe we'll dive into that a little more later on, but I think this is a good time to target that where this isn't some defensively stout team right now. And they do have some very meaningful absences. So it's not like, you know, I'm saying this is what they are moving for, you know, for the rest of the season entering the playoffs. But for tomorrow night's game, the roster doesn't look good. What's been there has been allowing a ton of chances against, and I think it's kind of getting hidden by surprisingly good goaltending and luck in front of goal. So I think it's a really good spot to back dry settle to get four shots on that. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about that game a little bit because I think the line will jump out to people um, 
the Oilers are minus 120. They're on a back-to-back, and they're playing a team that is uh, considered one of the favorites in the Western Conference for good reason. They are 46-21-6 on, uh, on the season. First place in the Pacific right now, two points ahead of Los Angeles, seven ahead of Edmonton. They've won four in a row, eight of their last ten um, the Knights have. So, and they're at home, right? Like so, this is this is not only a a back to back for Edmonton, but they'll be traveling to Vegas. So it is going to jump out to people. I think that the Oilers are favored, but like you said, Vegas is dealing with a an, <laughs> its usual laundry list of of injuries. Like it's one of the Knights ever not. Uh, Stone's been out forever. And then you've got uh, Logan Thompson came in, played three quarters of a game after missing for uh, you know a month and a half in goal. Played all right, gets pulled because he gets hurt, and he joins Aiden Hill on the injury list. Uh, so that's two goalies they're down. And then Will Carrier, who's a very effective bottom six forward, Riley Smith, uh, Keegan Colasar, and uh, Alec Martinez on defense uh, is also a big miss. So you're you're looking at Two goalies, Carrier uh, is a regular forward, Colasar, a regular depth forward, Smith, top six guy, and then Martinez, who's you know solid, solid defensive defenseman, all out. Now you start to see why Edmonton, even on the back-to-back, is uh, a minus-120 favorite in Vegas. And I would say, like as long as Jack Campbell starts on Monday night and not Tuesday night, I would actually lean towards Edmonton in the spot. Uh it, it does seem a little pricey to pay, but we'll see how they look on, on Monday night. We'll see who plays Monday night in goal. Um, but yeah, it would be Oilers or nothing for me in, in, in that one. Yeah. It's and weird. Like, it's so a weird I, line, but that's, it, well, it's been weird the last two. Cause I know a lot of people have, have done really well. Cause I think such a square and obvious take looking at Vegas results. They're a pretty big dog in Calgary. I think a lot of people cleaned up on them in that win. And then they were fairly like, pretty huge dog by the time the puck dropped Saturday I actually lost on Edmonton but both of those games I don't think proved a lot other than kind of just run good from Vegas I really didn't think they were very sharp in either of them Skinner gave up a really soft goal to Eichel to get that one going I thought they had the favorable puck lock all night long it was probably the better of the two performances and then the game versus Calgary I thought they had some really clear breaks there was a hold on the 3-1 goal that's probably a call most of the time uh, we're starting to see refs settle into late third period kind of playoff ref playoff, a little yeah, bit. So four. maybe I don't want to say most of the time, but I thought that was a pretty clear call. Uh, Calgary hit some posts as they always do. Markstrom let out some soft rebounds leading to goal. So I thought it was one where it was clear that Calgary probably deserved better. And that's been a lot of Vegas games lately. So I think it's one of those ones where like, the market is showing what they think of Vegas, but Vegas does continue to find a way. And I know at some point the actual goals become more important, but nothing about what they're doing looks sustainable to me. Like you're talking about some goaltenders that we don't think are this good. There isn't that much finishing talent in the lineup. Like it seems like Dorfeyev is scoring every game. Some of the things going on, I'm just not willing to trust continuing. So, I mean, when they're fully healthy, like the roster looks scary and they, could very well be a favorite over the Oilers in the playoffs. But um, for the time being, I think you're going to want to be careful backing the Knights. Uh, For my favorite underdog, I like Detroit at plus 150. They're hosting uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Little Caesars Arena. 
obviously this game means the world to Pittsburgh. It's it's two points that they need to have in the in the wild card race in the Eastern Conference. We're recording this on Monday, so before the Islanders and Panthers play their respective games on Monday evening. But as it stands right now, Pittsburgh at most will be three points behind the Islanders and three points ahead of of Florida for that last wild card spot. Um, they could only be it could be one and one. It could be you know one and three or whatever you want to look at it. But the point is, it's a must-win game for Pittsburgh. Uh, these are the type of games that you look at and you say, well, you got to have the two points against a, an inferior opponent, one that is three and seven in their last ten has lost two games on the spin. But if you look at Detroit's numbers in this malaise, this three and seven malaise, and and kind of just overall, like overall, we know the Red Wings have been bad, but the last ten, like they're not terrible. Um, they're actually on the plus side of the ledger in terms of like expected goals and uh, shot attempts and all that stuff. And, and Pittsburgh's generating, they're still doing the same thing, right? They're generating chances. Uh, the top end of the lineup is, is doing what it's normal, what it, it's supposed to do with Malkin and Crosby, etc. One thing that's crazy is that Malkin and Crosby are on pace still to play the entire season, which they haven't done in a long time. And, you know, a ton of credit to, to both of them for it, but um, they are, being asked to basically carry this team. We saw it against uh, Washington the other night. Like the Penguins got the depth scoring that they've been yearning for in that game. And they still almost blew it. So I guess a Detroit team that's playing better than its results over the past uh, few games, like Detroit's only scoring 1.3 goals per 60 minutes over the last 10 games. Their expected goals are closer to 2.5. They're not getting good goaltending, which, you know, that's probably going to continue, but you're not playing against, you know, a Andre Vasilevsky type here. So that advantage kind of muted. And just with the way Pittsburgh's going with their penchant for being sloppy, the, the lack of depth uh, that they're dealing with, with the injuries on defense, they just don't profile even close to being a good favorite, even against a team like Detroit. This On the road, minus 175, it's just way too expensive for Pittsburgh in the spot. So I, I like the Red Wings at the price. Okay. I, I I like it. I'm a little scared. I think it could be a great player prop game. And maybe the over are my thoughts. I could see this opening up for sure. Um, so that's kind of my leans, but we'll see. I'm just a little too scared. I think the, the Pens have too many true scorers kind of pulling on the rope right now, but I can see the arguments. That was, I actually thought the Caps played them really well on Saturday for as bad as the Caps are right now. They got a... It's... It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre team, the Penguins, because you you watch the game and and when their top guys are going, you're like, okay, like that, this looks like the Penguins, and then you watch, you know, the bottom six takes the ice and it just turns into a little bit of a mess and everything kind of gets all thrown off and, uh, yeah, like if if Anthony Mantha doesn't cough off a puck in the neutral zone like with two minutes left in that game, and let's say that the Capitals win in overtime or something. Like the, the the tone is very different around this Penguins team who deserve credit for going to the, doing the Colorado Dallas back to back, getting two out of four points and then coming home and getting those two points against Washington. I thought that that was a really tricky kind of portion of their schedule, but it seems like when the, the tide starts to shift on Pittsburgh is when you want to definitely go against them. Like we saw with that seven, one and one streak a couple weeks ago, uh, then they, they lost to like Montreal and were just getting outplayed by teams like, uh, you know, then they lost the, the senators and it just, you just can't trust them. I think at these numbers, no matter the opposition. So um, 
Yeah, that's that's my logic there. And like, what are they going to do in goal? Like, Casey DeSmith is a backup goalie, and Tristan Jari's healthy. He he was healthy enough to back up DeSmith against the Capitals, but you can't go to Jari, I don't think. So it's just, I there's too many like red flags for a team to be minus one seventy five on the road against not Columbus or you know, Montreal or whoever. So uh, that's that's my that's it. That's that's why I'm going with the the Red Wings, who I expect to even be a bigger price. Uh, oh yeah, on would, on Tuesday as as like the must win money comes in on on Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Let's jump into uh, the rest of the big board on Tuesday night. I will start with the Jackets and Rangers. Uh, Columbus is plus two ninety traveling to the Garden. Rangers minus three fifty. The over under six and a half. And I got nothing here. Uh, you're looking at laying some some wood with the blue shirts, though. Yeah, I think the Rangers should be, and they probably get there closer to like minus four seventy five here. And I don't typically I don't lay that. So what I do in those spots is play the puck line, and I think this, this is a good spot to do it. I really think the Rangers are playing quite well right now. They have so many offensive weapons to take advantage of the Blue Jackets here. And not to mention the Blue Jackets just added four guys to a list of players that are done for the season, being uh, Blankenberg, who I think is a pretty good player. Gud Branson's on the list. I know he plays huge minutes for them, but that's probably less of a loss than you would think on a true replacement level just because of how bad he's been getting caved in. Uh, Merzlikens, so we could see Michael Hutchinson in goal here, who's one of the who's a starter. you got to move the needle a lot if he gets in. And then line A is out of the lineup as well. They also set Cole Cylinder down. So this is tank time for the Blue Jackets. I like where the Rangers are at. I think they have uh, enough edges that they should avoid a letdown here. They're still playing for for something, you know, try to shore up the playoff situation and seating. So I like it. I think it's possible that we see Halak, and I still don't really care. The Rangers have four games this week, I'd say. Probably Schuster can only plays two of them. You would think uh, one of those pairings is a back-to-back. So I think that's a good, uh, even with Halak, I don't see how this price isn't wider. Like, I think this should be one of those closer to kind of the bigger favorites we've seen of the year. So I like it. Give me the Rangers to keep rolling. The uh, Nashville Predators and Boston Bruins next up. Uh, Preds plus 235 on the road. Bruins minus 280 over under is at six. It looks like after a valiant effort from the Predators, they're pretty much cooked. I mean, they, you never know, like these, these playoff races, you win two games in a row and look out with the way that Winnipeg uh, and the, the teams in the Eastern conference have been going. But when you're talking about needing two points from the Boston Bruins, it's a little different from saying like, Oh man, they need, they need to beat, the Detroit Red Wings, for example, like we talked about with Pittsburgh. So uh, there's always a chance that a use Soros, you know, masterclass earns them a, a big upset, their big number, and going against a goalie like Soros, laying this kind of juice is always scary. So I'll stay away. And there's also, you also have to keep in mind the Bruins are going to be rotating. They've already started rotating players, and uh, that can also throw a wrench into things. So it's a, it's a pass for me. Yeah, so my thoughts here are that Nashville, I am expecting Boston to rest two of the top six and two of the regular D. They have so much depth, though, that doesn't matter. Like, I think that 
when you're resting Havilland home, when you're resting whoever, they still have bodies coming in out of the lineup. Like Grizzlick isn't even getting normal minutes, and then he slides in. He's still better than four of the Nashville, five of the Nashville defenders in this game. So I think that's an important note. Nashville's lineup is just so depleted right now. Matt Duchesne just got added to the list. Um, and what they've done is been pretty ugly. I think there's been enough sorrow starts that have hidden it, and this could be another good spot to go for the over 31 and a half saves. But their last five has been so bad, and I think it's been hidden because they lucked into the shootout win versus Seattle. They got that 7-3 win over Buffalo that we talked about as being like a pretty ugly, horrible game. But from what I've seen, they're just getting the ice caved in. Seattle beat them 7-2 in a near-do-or-die game Saturday, which I thought was a very fair result. Like That was almost what I thought could have happened the, the night before. It just didn't break open. And then Toronto, it was a 3-2 game, but Toronto completely dominated them. Like you would have thought, if anything, the roles were completely reversed and Toronto was the one playing a game that meant the world and not the opposite. So with respect to the guys in Nashville's lineup, like Evangelista, Glass, the guys fighting and keeping them in this race, they deserve a ton of credit. But we're getting to that point where it's starting to be get exposed that they're all playing up the lineup. And I think they're kind of starting to struggle as the they skate in those roles for a longer sample. So moving forward, I think you're going to want to be careful betting Boston overnight. But in this game, I'm expecting some potential rests. Maybe Marchand stays out. Maybe Bergeron's not there. I still think it's a good spot to... You can use the Bruins as a parlay piece. I think as of now, they're minus 285. Tomorrow, maybe they're minus 350. And then I'm changing my mind on that a little bit. And then the other one, I played Bertuzzi over two and a half shots on Sunday in Carolina. It was like plus 140 something. I think that's another good look in this game if he stays on the top line, just because he did look good in that game. And now they're getting such a strong matchup compared to a matchup versus Carolina. So hopefully kind of similar numbers are out there. And if he remains on the top line with Marchand out, I think that's a really good prop. The Tampa Bay Lightning are plus 120 in Carolina. Take on the Hurricanes minus 140 over under is six. A couple of things with the Hurricanes just generally is, or, or I should say one thing, it does it feel like they're setting up uh, Piotr Kochekov to be the game one starter in the playoffs? Yeah, I think most people around Carolina right now would say that's kind of the the way it's leaning, which is interesting because he was down in the AHL again for so long. But yeah. if you look, his numbers are significantly better than Anderson's this season. So it kind of seems like it's setting up for that. I'd say chances are, unless Carolina's playoff goes really, really good, you're probably going to see both of them get one chance. I right, think. yeah, and, and I think it's easier. I think that's part of the decision-making maybe to set it up is like you you kind of – you can't like go from Freddie to Kocheka back to Freddie and like waffle like that, whereas you can go from like the Capitals did you know, in 2018 where you can th- let the veteran kind of stew on the bench and, and then put him in and uh, hope – he can ride out the the rest of the storm, but um, yeah, that, I think that's interesting. I, the Hurricanes have been, I think, generally pretty good. Um, the results don't show it uh, since the Svechnikov injury. I do still think, like, in, when you're talking about a best of seven, when the margins are thin, it's 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 going to be, you know, tough for them to overcome um, against you know the elites in in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and now to flip it to Tampa, for the first time in a long time, I was actually kind of 
impressed with the performance out of Tampa against the Bruins. I don't think they were like stupendous or anything, but it started to like show a little bit. It wasn't just like Braden Point playing really well and and leaning on the goalie. Uh, they still have lost four in a row, um, but it does beg to the question is like now finally the time to kind of start buying low on Tampa at these underdog prices. But uh, you know, is plus one twenty long enough in Carolina? I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I kind of just had this one as a pass. I'm still in that mode where Tampa games feel weird to handicap and I'm not necessarily excited to jump into them with the action that's not needed because it's just they haven't looked good like the concerns the Boston game was their best game in a while but I still think I don't want to get involved with them maybe Thursday I could see them having a good game versus the Caps but for now I think at this number it's just not quite enough it's almost like if you if you were to give me one team if, if you were to say uh, you know you put the 32 NHL teams in a matchup with like a corresponding team in, at their level. And you, you put, put a gun to my head and said like, you, all right, what team you got to get the bet, right? The Tampa game would be the first one I cross up and be like, I'm just not going near that one. Uh, Cause you, you just don't know, like, you know what the ceiling is, you know what the goaltender is and you just don't know where everyone else is at. And it seems like they're kind of being open about that a little bit uh, that for sure they are just not really too fussed with what's going on in, in at their jobs right now they don't really care they'll they'll start they'll get to work on uh, there's so many weeks. things i'm interested to see how it goes in the playoffs like this tanner Geno move maybe he gets it going in the playoffs has been a disaster like you look he's not doing anything for them um and maybe that changes they didn't they didn't bring him in to do good right now but yeah I think if they had a different reputation, they hadn't won these cups, they hadn't been such a juggernaut, which really wasn't Patrice Brisebois doing anyways. Um, that could be getting criticized. So I'm interested to see how that works out and if their decor can pick it up. And to talk one more quick note on like Jano, I'm seeing people seeing so many people be like, oh, well, he's just like Hagel. He's just like uh, Coleman when they got him. And that's just not true. If you look at where Hagel and Coleman were ranked in those trade deadlines, when they traded for them, everyone knew Hagel was the big fish. He had like 20 goals that year with uh, 20 even strength goals or wherever it was with Chicago. Same kind of thing with Nick Paul. Like those players were performing significantly better with Tampa. So it's not exactly the same, like plug them in there and thrive kind of thing. So I'm starting to buy into maybe that this team's getting a lot of credit for, uh, what they've done historically but i don't really want to go on record of saying that because they could prove me wrong at any point and like the one playoff year we talked about it they lost seven games in a row or whatever it was and then dialed it in so yeah yeah i think that's just a lot to say that right now it's hard to predict what the lightning really are hockey betting season is here so get in on the action with the king of sports books Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. 
All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Going from that game to Montreal and Philly's tough transition here. Um, Habs plus 145, Phillies, the Flyers are minus 170, over under six and a half. Uh, nothing for me here. Habs are on a back-to-back. And, uh, I mean, if this number really gets out of hand on Montreal, sure, but I don't think it will. Yeah, I actually was leaning Philly as of today's prices. They're playing really, really well. Like, the last couple times I've watched them, I've thought Philly has looked excellent. And um, their home win over Florida was a good win. Their win over Mini, I was big on them in that game. And I was pumped because they were the better team. They deserved it. I was fully ready for Mini to win that shootout and just to be pissed off. And then they found a way and then they dominated Detroit Saturday. So Torts has got them uh, still fighting hard and uh, pretty favorable spot versus a really thin Canadians team. I could kind of see this being a, it's scary to back a Philly at this number, but right. I think the gap between them is pretty wide. I've got nothing on stars and Hawks either. Uh, stars are minus 275 in Chicago, Blackhawks plus 230. It is an, a rare five and a half, uh, but no interest for me. Yeah, I had nothing on that one as well. Uh, the Canucks are still fighting. Uh, they're minus 105. The Blues, minus 115. Over under here, six and a half. Uh, I I know you're on the same kind of wavelength here. I'd go um, with Vancouver or nothing. <laughs> the Canucks, uh, man, it's just so funny how they had such a bizarre season last year and managed a way to repeat it, basically, uh, this, this year. And um, hey, Maybe they go on a nine-game winning streak to, or we end up being twelve, and finish at ninety-one points, and just miss the playoffs. So, I guess that's what they're going for here. Yeah, I love how the Canucks are—they're uh, just giving us enough that next preseason we'll probably say they have a chance to get like ninety yep. points and sneak in, and then they'll probably win like one game in November and be hopeless. Yeah. Fire rate they are playing really, really well. Like one of the better teams in the league right now. And they just swept the season series with Dallas. And with Demko in goal right now, they're a pretty good team. Like it would be really interesting to see if they're a little closer and the games actually meant something, how how it might look. But yeah, I think it's the Canucks or nothing for sure. Uh, before we get to top shelf bets, uh, we can talk sh- Sharks and Jets. The Sharks are at home. They're plus 155 favorite. Winnipeg's minus 180. Over under is six and a half. Uh, this is another one where it's just, you know, the, the number, you just can't, I just can't trust Winnipeg at the number. Yeah, I fully agree. The Sharks have lost nine in a row now. So that makes them the favorite to draft Connor Bedard as it is. They've also played one more game than Columbus. So, um, 
you know, you'd think at some point, maybe there's a little pride in that room. I, I still actually think what's there should be not dead last, but they've just, it's been horrible and they start cacking it every night, which I mean, I guess Rhymer's kind of been horrific lately too. So there's not enough for me to try and back them to snap the nine game slump, but I could kind of see it happening here. And I'm really, really hoping it well, because I need them to get out of that 32nd spot. They're also chasing some dubious history. Um, the Sharks are. I believe that if they don't win another home game, they're 6, 20, and 10 at home. And if they don't win another home game, I believe they'll become the first NHL team in an, at least an 80-game schedule to not win at least seven games at home. Um, the Shark Tank was once a really tough place to play and had yeah, a really yeah. good run. They had a great run. I mean, look, like that's the thing. Like They, they had a, a great run, um, and... Now they are kind of paying for it. Uh, for sure. And, you know, maybe in 2019, the Blues year, if they weren't so beat up, they win that series and then yep. uh, have a chance. And we're probably looking at this differently, but it's pretty bleak right now. All right. Uh, with that, we'll move on to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for March the 28th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'm doing it. I'm going against the Calgary Flames. I got it. There's always fishy numbers when it comes to the Flames because of everything like under the hood always was looking good this whole season. Um, you see them go off as favorites against the Knights, and now they're at home. They are at home, but they're a minus 140 home favorite as it stands right now against the Los Angeles Kings. The Kings, we've been talking about them being a you know a team to buy in the future market for a while now and that they're kind of just like quietly not getting the respect of being a considered like a heavyweight in the Western conference. But in this Western conference, when you look at the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs, they should be considered one. They're eight Oh and two in their last 10. They've won three in a row with uh Gavrikov's made a, a really solid impact on the back end for them. And Corpus has been good in goal. Like, this team, our main concern with them when we when we kind of sized those futures up was they just can't go into the playoffs with Phoenix Copley and Jonathan Quick as their tandem. Well, they rectified that. I don't, do I trust Eunice Corpusala for four rounds? It's hard to say that. Uh, we we haven't really seen uh, anything from him in his past that shows he can keep it up for four rounds, but his numbers this year have been good. He's been good with the Kings, and the, the Flames are just like how can you trust them they're they're an absolute circus and i don't think things are particularly fun for them at the rink right now uh it's obviously another must-win game for the flames but it's been must-win for them since game 57 this is going to be game 75 so it's not like i'm just gonna because the flames quote-unquote need it more back the flames here at minus 140 I'll, i'll go with los angeles who've been one of the best five-on-five five teams all season long and, and are really shoring up everything else around the fringes. Yeah, the Kings look so good. I'm actually hoping... I want them to get the hell out of that first-round series with Edmonton because I have both them in futures. And I'm not just going to say that to talk about me personally. I think that's a really interesting note with how these brackets are shaping out. If you're going to add any kind of bets, Western Conference bets, Stanley Cup bets, whatever, either side... The bracket is becoming really crucial with where I would price certain teams' chances. Like right now, 
if the Oilers finish in third, I think that hurts their chances a lot, which is kind of obvious to say, but LA looks so good. So do you want to get in on them when you're going to actually get what's a shockingly tough round, uh, first round matchup and vice versa? Like, I think if you're adding the Kings right now, that's the one concern is it looks like it's going to be Edmonton, which is kind of a disaster. Whereas the opposite point to this, like if Seattle were to sneak in and track down Edmonton and get into that third spot, that's going to present a lot more value on LA where as much as I love the Kraken, I think it's going to be really, really tough for them to win the playoffs. The goaltending looks awful. I think they've been fighting really, really hard lately. And then the other thing that we know about the playoffs that's really relevant for series is when we're talking about something like the Kraken is that as much as people love to talk about depth, what moves the needle more is having superstar talent because what happens is you start weighing on those guys a little more and a little more like we saw with Edmonton last year. So if you're Seattle, their strategy of having four deep lines, I know McCann's kind of reaching true star status, but that strategy becomes a little less effective and people point to it when the depth guys come up with a, a goal here or there or whatever, like it does help. But the thing that really changes series is having superstars outplaying the other team's superstars. So I think that's kind of a long ways to say, just like keep in mind this bracket because it's becoming really, really relevant handicapping wise. And then the other thing, same with the central, like if it shakes out where you're going to have Colorado versus Dallas in round one, I'd hate to be the owner of Dallas uh, Dallas tickets close to where they're at right now because then that's just like <laughs> the price should be a lot different so I think that's something really interesting as we head into the playoffs right now I know a lot of people who are probably like sporadic hockey watchers are adding their favorite futures and, and so on and might not consider that yeah it is interesting it's it's if you are Edmonton like you said like you're 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 in this weird kind of spot where you either need to win the division or drop down and like you said, to, to give yourself the best chance. So for now, everything's on the table. In a weird way, considering just the goaltending matchup, like Winnipeg, should they finish where they are right now and face off against Vegas, like ends up kind of being rewarded for <laughs> finishing. That is really last. true. Like they're not getting a horrible matchup. <laughs> right, exactly. Like you're. Yeah, once again, not underestimating Vegas at all. Like this is a very solid hockey club, but in a what should be a one versus eight, like best versus worst, like finishing eighth, you're supposed to be punished for for getting into the playoffs by the skin of your teeth. You're not playing the Boston Bruins, like you're you're playing right. A and Vegas Golden Knights it. team that has either Laurent Boisseau or Jonathan Quick, who's been terrible for most of the year. He's been great since he went to Vegas, but as they're starting goaltending and they're just banged up it's it's hilarious and very hot yeah and like we we talked about it a little bit how at the start of the year like first off we were saying if you could bet on pacific getting five teams in that that'd probably be a reasonable look it looks like it's gonna be four and four but then i also think that the pacific is the better division now like i really like the kings and oilers i would have i would have favor the kings to beat dallas i would favor edmonton to beat dallas i'd favor them both by a lot to beat minnesota so I think it's actually safe to say that like the weight has kind of shifted and that the central's the one that's a little overvalued now. So yeah, it's, it's who knows? Their, this it's top all... heavy, right? So yeah, I, th I think, I think you and I would have pretty similar power rankings out West where it's, you know, Colorado, and then you can order Los Angeles, Edmonton, Vegas, and in, in, in like their own little 
way, however you see well, it. Well, it's funny. I still think the other teams are probably hoping Calgary doesn't steal Winnipeg spots. I know they're kind of right. comparable. And like Markstrom's been so bad that it's like, is he going to figure it out? Probably not. And if he doesn't, I guess the Jets are significantly better than them. But I still think when you look at it, like you don't you don't want that Calgary upside if Markstrom plays respectfectly right. and stuff starts to click where yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and you can almost say like they're like the out. they're like the fourth or fifth best team in the West. Uh the Flames are like just it's it's it's, and, it's truly bizarre. And yeah, so like the Kings tomorrow that night, that game scares me. But it's realistic. And I could look like a complete fucking idiot for saying this. I could see the Flames nearly winning out and sneaking in. Like, I think there's a world where that happens. They've got the Canucks, the Ducks, the Blackhawks, the Jets, the Canucks, the Predators, and the Sharks. And then tomorrow night's the tough game. So we'll see. Have they won the games they're supposed to all year? Not at all. But maybe they will start and then that spurs on the push. But I think Winnipeg's got a pretty soft schedule too, which is uh, pretty relevant at this point. All right, so this was a, a top shelf bets that ventured off into uh, a Western Conference deep dive, but now we'll go back to uh, your favorite bet for the night, which you already kind of summed up at the top, but uh, just let the good folks know what you're targeting. Yeah, I'll keep it short since that got a little long. I think the Rangers to cover the the spread versus Columbus is a really good bet. Columbus is in full tank mode. They've got like half of what they had playing all year going. It should be Hutchinson. I'm handicapping this with the expectation that maybe New York surprises and goes with Halak, and I'm fine with that. So I think New York right now, they're clicking on all cylinders. The kid line looks really good. They've got three lines that look really potent, and I just I don't think they'll let down at home here versus Columbus. So I'm willing to wear a little juice on the spread and, and look for them to have a big night. All right, there you got it. Rangers uh, and Kings as our best bets at the top. We gave out our favorite underdog picks, which were a plus money shot prop on Leon Dreisaitl and the Detroit Red Wings hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Thanks to our sponsors, BetMGM. This has been another episode of Line Change. We will see you again in a couple of days. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.